Welcome to The Lifted Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Denham, and this is a place for us to talk about what we're doing every day to raise our vibration and understand ourselves more deeply as energetic beings and co-creators. If you're new here, I'm Helen. I'm a confidence and business mentor for women, and my whole purpose is to help you clear out any mental or spiritual blocks that are keeping you from leading the most happy, fulfilling, successful life that you could possibly lead. This podcast is about activating our highest potential, healing in mind, body, and spirit, and above all, holding space for our humanity as we explore the depths of what it means to be human. Okay, everybody, I'm just praying to our audio gods today that this goes smoothly because there is so much construction going on outside of my apartment right now, which is kind of the uh, the yin to the yang of the summer season. It's like there's construction everywhere, right? But I think, I think we're at a good point right now and uh, I'm ready to rock and roll. Um, I'm just getting ready to pack up and go on yet another camping trip with my dad and my sister. We try to do this every year really we really do um we go on a camping trip together and usually it's a little intense um we take the canoes the kayaks and we usually paddle out to some kind of remote island um on the coast of maine and i'm getting ready (laughs) we're expecting some rain so uh packing my rain jacket my rain pants everything you know what it's good for my character because my sister and my dad, my whole family, they're so adventurous and I'm very adventurous too, but they are really, they're a little bit on another level. And I'm so grateful to be in this family and be incarnated with them as my family, because I learned so much from them about patience and perseverance and like handling the elements in a way that (laughs) might otherwise make me uncomfortable. So I am mentally and physically preparing for um, a trek out to an island. So I'm recording it on this Wednesday. I'm heading down to have a little dinner with the fam and then we're off early in the morning. So um, I would really encourage you guys to, to find some kind of nature fun getaway, you know, before our summer season ends, if you're on this part of the, on the side, this part of the world, Um, it's just been so deeply healing to get out into the woods pretty much every weekend. And I think I know I've talked about this before, but I think it can be intimidating to be like, how are people doing this? And, you know, isn't it dangerous? And I just want to reiterate that, um, it's like the safest thing that you could possibly do to go to a national park or a state park and bring your tent and your camping gear. And I always have just like a camping box, like packed in my car so that I can just take off whenever all you need is a tent, a sleeping bag, a sleeping pad. And I like to bring a tarp in case it rains for the the bottom and literally that's it. And just go for a couple days. And I promise you it would, it would just make you feel so nourished. So maybe that's redundant to say, but I hope for anybody listening who didn't grow up in a family with a lot of access to the outdoors and education about the outdoors, like I want to just help you to understand that this is really easy and really accessible to spend time in nature. And it's not this like mystical world out there that all these crunchy people are going into. So yay, that's what I'm up to for the, for the weekend. And I'm going to try to take a phone detox. Another part of, of getting out into nature that I love is that a lot of these places, like you get out of service range. So I'm pretty much getting ready to tie up all of my you know, social media stuff, emails, everything to really be able to um, unplug and get out into the fresh air. So, okay. So let's get into today's episode. Shall we? I've been wanting to do a more kind of spiritually based episode for a while. I always feel like we go there 
but this one is going to be particularly about spirituality and self-compassion and self-love. So how the spiritual evolution of self is tied in with loving ourselves more deeply. And I'm excited to chat with you about this because there's so much packed into a spiritual journey. And, you know, when I look back on when my journey really began, my self-love journey and my spiritual journey, you know, all kind of began at the same time. But like many of us, I was introduced to The Secret, what you know, that book, The Secret about manifestation from a very early age. And it was a time before I'm 20. Oh, I'm not anymore. Oh my God, I'm 30. I'm 30 now. I first heard about The Secret probably when I was like 10 or 11. And even that recently, you know, maybe that's not recent, but 20 years isn't that long. I mean, the spiritual stuff was still very woo woo and not a lot of people were talking about it. I remember my mom showing me the secret and like, she didn't have a lot of friends that were talking about this and it was definitely not so mainstream, um, quite yet. So it was still kind of in the mystical realms of laughability almost, I think. So when I was first learning about the secret and manifestation, it felt very magical. It felt really out of range, but also very exciting, but it felt like exploring like a magical mystical world. And now, now it actually feels a lot closer and a lot more practical. And I think it's a beautiful symbol of just our collective consciousness and awareness rising, um, that this, all of this chit chat is quite mainstream now, you know, manifestation is just part of our normal jargon in society. And I think that's a really beautiful representation of how far we're coming and how quickly we're growing. Um, Even though there's a lot of craziness going on in the world and it seems like everything is kind of combusting, I think it's all part of this bigger elevation that we're all going through um, that's leading to, you know, consciousness shifting for sure, big time. Um, It's like Moore's Law. If you guys have heard of that, it's like it's a it's a law that applies mostly to technology is when we hear about it, uh, about computing systems like doubling every year in their computing power. And then that doubles and compounds and doubles and compounds. And I think of our consciousness shift as a collective in the same way that more slaw can apply to this. I think every year our level of awareness for the people that are on this journey like compounds and expands and it ripples out. So how exciting is it to consider that, you know, in a hundred years, we might be like a different kind of species. I think we're really being, um, guided to tap into extrasensory experiences. And I think our sixth sense is becoming much more active, you know, just we're really learning how to trust our intuition more. And speaking of that, you know, now I'm just thinking about our, um, UFO sightings that are all mainstream right now and, and being met by extra dimensional beings potentially in the near future. And it's so exciting, but, um, what I think is probably going to be the case is that we're going to have some kind of communication with them, uh, telepathically, which is going to require us to have a very heightened sense of awareness and an ability to, be fully in our bodies and tapped into our third eye and our crown to be able to communicate like that. So um, I just think there's a reason that all of this is happening at the same time, because to communicate with another species, we're going to have to be locked into compassion to curiosity and, you know, 
shifting away from the fight or flight state into a heart open center. And I think the reason, well, now we're on the alien topic, but I think the reason why we haven't been met as a collective by extra dimensional beings is because we haven't been heart centered enough to receive it. Like we all, we all see the movies where, you know, everybody gets their guns out and the military is so involved and it's just a total fear response. Like, Dear Lord. And it's so funny because whoever is going to come in here, whatever species is going to be meeting us has to be so much more advanced than us, so much more advanced. And I've heard people talk about this too, about, you know, we know that they must be kind and they must be more heart centered because if they weren't, they wouldn't have made it. They wouldn't have even been able to get to that technological advancement to actually travel through time and space to come to earth because we see it in humanity will self-destruct if we continue in this warlike state you know the nuclear bomb was a really good example of that um of self-destruction fueled by hate and war like we won't survive if we are a warlike species we just won't and i think that's why uh, people have talked about extra dimensional beings um intervening at those really turn you know those turning points in in human history to make sure that we don't implode and explode our beautiful planet because it has ripple effects throughout the cosmos but also because i think they're probably studying us in an interesting way to see you know how we are going to evolve and what i also think about is you know it's it's almost i i bet it would be like us trying to talk to monkeys or animals it's like the consciousness shift and the difference is so vast that like there has to be a, a particular way of communicating that's going to work because I just, I really feel like whatever species is going to come in that I, I think we're going to be introduced to eventually is going to be way beyond our conscious awareness. And so it just makes it all the more exciting to work on ourselves and to heal and to, you know, alchemize any fear and to get really excited about the prospects of being part of a cosmic family. And I don't know. It's just so exciting. So there's my little tangent on aliens <laughs> to kick off. We love, um, you know what that actually brings me into really the first topic that I wanted to talk about too on the, on the path of spiritual evolution, because, um, before I got onto my alien tangent, I was remembering being introduced to the secret as a teenager, um, a preteen and, you know, getting into this magical mystical world, but also, um, my uncle had given me a book called on a slide of light, which is about this woman who channels extra dimensional beings. And she particularly channeled the Arcturians who are a really, um, strong, also empathetic species. So I was already, you know, interested in aliens and, and extra dimensional beings way beyond, but, but to, to the point she was communicating with them telepathically and it was a, a, a huge part to do with a third eye activation. So, um, that kind of ties it all in together. So from there, I also started to get really interested in near death experiences. I think it was probably because my grandfather had passed when I was maybe a freshman in high school. And I had, I had been given the gift of being with him as he passed. And I got to hold his hand as he passed. 
And it was me and my dad and my aunt and uncle in the room. And my mom was there too for a moment. And we all got to watch him and guide him into passing. And it was so beautiful and so peaceful. But when he passed, it wasn't this big, you know, shocking moment. He actually passed so subtly and so peacefully. Like he disconnected from his body in such a subtle way, like that we were actually leaning over, over his body to be like, do you think he's still breathing? <laughs> we're like, is he still breathing? Oh, uh, okay. And then uh, finally, he took his last breath, and um, we were counting the seconds between the breaths. To it was it was that peaceful, and it was such a gift to be able to witness that. Um, and all of us honestly were, of course, we were grieving, but he had died of old age. Like it was just wonderful. And we were all more emotional because of course we were, we were going to miss him, but also because of how beautiful the passing was and how peaceful and how comforted we almost felt like that death is just a slipping into another world. It was so felt in that moment. And I remember like the minute that he passed his body like hardened. Um, and it became super apparent that it was like a shell. It actually looked like a shell. I can't even explain it because when he was alive and still breathing, there was a softness and like a suppleness to his body, like a wateriness to his body, almost, even though he was perfectly still. And then when he died and he passed, it hardened. Like he was like actually hard to the touch. It was so interesting. And then when my dad and I left um, the hospice where he had passed, we both were having this like almost psychedelic experience of seeing all the colors were so much brighter. Like the sky was bluer, the grass was greener. And we both looked at each other. And we we're like, doesn't things feel different? It's like everything is really vibrant. It was like he'd given us this gift of life through his passing. Um and yeah. And then that week I had a dream of him. He came to me in my dream. It was one of the most vivid dreams I've ever had. And he, in the dream, he was dancing and skipping and he threw off his cap and he threw his cane to the side and he was so happy and he was smiling. It makes me emotional even thinking about it because he was so happy. And it was like, you know, and I know now that our ancestors and our family come to us a lot in our dreams in the beginning. And as I've been studying more about near-death experiences and, and people passing, um, they will say that it feels like there's a magnetic pull that's pulling them away from their body into the next world um, and that they are guided basically up through this tunnel um, into this light space where they are met by a guide. You could also call it, a lot of people call it their guardian angel. Like that that um, religious aspect is really not far off from what a, what a lot of these studies are finding. And um, that seems to be unanimous across the board with people remembering their passings and their past lives and then also having NDEs, near-death experiences. Does this sound like you? You've hit a plateau in life, but just don't know where to turn. It's like, you know, you're ready to feel better, but how do you do that? I know what that feels like to basically throw everything at the wall without getting results, feeling frustrated with trying yoga, breath work, journaling, exercising, even therapy, but nothing seems to help. 
That was me five years ago. And if you're like me, you're ambitious, you're ready and willing to change, you know that it's possible to lead a happy and fulfilling life, and you know that you could feel confident, but you just don't know where to start. This is exactly why I offer the Confidence Mentorship. Our work together is to bring loving awareness to those limiting beliefs and alchemize them so that you can finally step into the woman you've always known you could be and bring you back home to yourself. What I love about this 16-week program is that we initiate huge action in your life to help you evolve into your highest self at 10x speed. It has been absolutely amazing to see my clients literally quantum leap from week to week. So if this feels like a full body, yes, you can book a free clarity call with me. The link is in the description below, and I'm so excited to get to know you. Thanks for listening. Back to the episode. They will say that, you know, at the point of passing, the spirit might hover to see if they, a lot of times the spirit will try to communicate with their loved ones to, to hold them and be like, it's okay. I'm okay. I'm like, I'm right here. I'm fine. I'm just free. Like it's going to be okay. And they'll try to telepathically communicate with us. And I think if we can learn to activate our third eye more and open up that chakra through specifically meditation, we will be open to receiving those messages from our loved ones um, during those, those times a lot easier. And then our dreams are a great way to do that because when we're dreaming, our, we're, we're popped into the, into the astral world, we're in that deep theta and then delta state um, of receptivity. So they can contact us there too. But then they shift into the next world. And from what I have learned from studying under Dolores Cannon's program, who is a quantum hypnotherapist, meaning that she takes people on past life regressions and activates the the subconscious. So her teachings, and then also I'm reading um, Journey of Souls right now, trying to see where that book is. So I could, I, I forget his name, but it's brilliant. It's all very similar stuff. These people are hypnotherapists that are taking their clients through these deep journeys um, to activate and unlock memories, not only of past lives, but they will even take them back through like the birth experience and then back through that, which is something I really want to try in sessions with clients at some point. Cause sometimes I take people through past life regressions, but I haven't done it in the way that we go back to their birth, which I'd really like to do next. But Anyways, you know what, you guys, I'm drinking a Celsius right now and there's so much caffeine in this thing. I don't know if it's like good for you, but it's making me a little hoppy and like off, off my train of thought, but, um, back to back to NDEs and, and studying what happens after we pass. It's so comforting because I think it can help us the more that we study this stuff to feel a sense of, I'm going to be okay no matter what. So let me just look at life as an opportunity to be in school and to learn as much as I possibly can. Because when we pass, whatever life we go into next is going to be in resonance with where we just left our previous life. So if you leave this lifetime, you know, in a really dense vibrational frequency, you know, think of people maybe that have gone to jail for like murdering somebody, da, da, da they might go into the next realm with that point of resonance and they're, they're going to have to keep, they're going to have to keep unraveling and unwinding that journey throughout their next lives. They'll get to review it, but then like, it's not just like when you pass your consciousness gets exploded and you, you're fully awake and you're fully like an ascended master. No, there's levels to this throughout many lifetimes, which is why um, reincarnation happens and why we come back into these human bodies and these vessels and we travel throughout this time and space. So 
try as much as you can to keep accelerating your healing and your conscious awareness so that when you pass, you go into a next lifetime, or maybe you go to a different planet, like on a whole nother level. So, um, speaking of the long game, like think about what you can do in this lifetime so that you can really ascend into another level of consciousness in your passing as well. It's exciting to think about because I think the, the major thing that dictates so much of our fear is like the fear of death in this lifetime. And especially the fear of losing a loved one and feeling like nothing happens after that. Um, you know, and I even think about like when I decide to date someone and bring a partner really into my life, if they really are like super atheist and like nothing happens, like that matters so much to me because having a sense of faith and curiosity about this life and an understanding that our bodies are our vessels and there's so much that we can't, we just can't see because of our biology, literally our biology, our eyes and our senses can only perceive a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of what's really going on in our world. You know, we, we're we only familiar with like, a certain number of basic colors, you know, when people activate their higher senses, they're able to perceive even more colors. People talk about this on an ayahuasca experiences a lot that we just don't have any idea of the spectrum that's available to us um, yet. So that's why, you know, I think it has so much to do with self-love and compassion and compassion for other people to understand that we're all just like kids, basically on earth school, trying to figure out what's going on. Some of us are at different levels of awareness and practice than others, and that's okay. But honoring all of our journeys and understanding that we're all going to be okay. And that brings a deep sense of safety, a deep sense of safety and trust. And I, of course, we still have free will. So we get to make different decisions and choices throughout the day um, and throughout our lives about what path we're going to take. Um, so I think there are things that we're meant to learn in a lifetime, but how we learn those lessons comes down to our free will. And sometimes we learn all of them and sometimes we don't. So I think it, it is a mix of predestination and um, lessons that we're meant to learn in this lifetime. And then our free will, right? So whatever it's going to, what whatever's going to be necessary to get you to that level of consciousness through a particular lesson is kind of up to you. Um, it's kind of like a choose your own adventure story, you know? Um, and I even think about this with my own path. I think about this a lot. Like if I had really wanted to become a great musician and a great singer, and I, I would have poured myself into becoming actually really good at that and taking it all the way, would I have learned the same lessons that I'm learning now about consciousness and, you know, levels of evolution as I am now as a confidence mentor. I just don't think so because my job, literally my job is to explore my inner world and then teach you what I find and then explore my client's world, you know, and, and help us all, all rise together basically. And it's so, it's so fun to unravel this, but again, it's also very comforting and some really potent lessons are are brought in through that. So what I would say to you is if you feel like you're lost or if you're like not where you think you should be, just understand that you're being given a perfect lesson for your conscious evolution right now. And there's something that you're meant to learn here. And you're also meant to learn through the discomfort. So if you're not happy with where you are and you want to change, that's that is breadcrumbing you and leading you the way to a place of more resonance for you, if that makes sense. So your discomfort is also giving you a green flag to say, okay, this isn't for you. This is out of resonance and out of alignment for you. So it's time to change. And that's why 
trusting ourselves allows for more fluidity to enter our lives and for change to not be so difficult and so heavy, but actually really exciting. Um, and of course we are met with challenge. This is life is life is really challenging, but from the place of safety and trust that you're going to be okay, like that, it's not all just going to go zip that everything is unfolding for a very particular reason so that you can continue to be basically source experiencing itself through your vessel things become, they just feel different. They feel it's like nothing can really shake you from that place. Because if you don't believe that you're going to truly be okay, and that you have support and guidance in all directions all around you, that you are always protected, it's a lot easier to just crumble, you know? So I would much rather live in a state of curiosity and excitement for what comes next and to keep exploring this because it makes me feel better. It just makes me feel better. And I honestly think that maybe that's all that matters is that we just get into a place of peace in our lives. Whatever's going to bring you greater peace, follow that and explore that and prioritize your peace because that's what we're all trying to get to anyways, right? Like we choose partners and jobs and friends and cities that we live in or, you know, things that we do for our hobbies to cultivate peace and to try to feel happier. Right. And what I have found is that my spirituality is the key component in living a peaceful life because I feel like kind of anything could happen and I would be able to trust the process and that I, I, I would be okay. And I'm a super, super sensitive person. And I think a lot of us tuning into this episode, we're all pretty sensitive people, aren't we? Well, I mean, things this is why I think I had depression as a kid, like heavy depression, like really, really did not want to be here. was constantly thinking about dying and just honestly, just wanting to leave my body and go home. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to go home. I just, I, I was so keyed into the dream world that I thought that if I just died, I could go into the dream world and I could go into the spirit world, which was, I think honestly a gift in itself. My depression was a gift because when I was depressed, I was really curious about lucid dreaming and the astral realms. And that actually connected me more to the spirit world. But my struggle and my challenge was not passing, not, not dying, <laughs> just stay alive. Um, because I know now from having lost a friend to suicide that um, I really believe that if you kill yourself and you end yourself in that way, sorry, I should have given you a trigger warning. I hope this isn't too sensitive of a topic, but this is life, right? Um, I believe that at his point of death, he basically went into another dimension and, and had to learn these, um, these things all over again and to just continue his journey. So wherever you go, there you are is basically the rule across all dimensions in my learnings. And in my opinion, I don't think that it just like stops, you know, like we're, you're going to learn these lessons in one lifetime or another, but anyways, yeah, on the note of just like depression and being hypersensitive, being hypersensitive can lead us to these really dense places where we just want to give up sometimes. But when you have that unshakable faith and that knowing that we continue and that this is all purposed, it makes it easier. It just makes it easier. And it, I think it's given me a work ethic, to be honest, that is really, really strong because I'm like, this is all part of my evolution. So I'd invite you to look at the same thing in your own life. Like, where am I being met with challenge and where is this helping me to grow? Um, yeah. And how can I, how can I make this a, 
even a better experience and bring more value to this process for myself so that I can learn and learn and learn. You know, when you're not learning, you're dying. So um, it's a beautiful feeling to feel like, okay, all of this is a part of my education on a cosmic level. Yeah. So that's kind of the journey within and without that is, is that's wrapping up this sense of self-compassion and self-trust and persistence that's available to us when we have a solid foundation in spirituality. And it's also just a practice and a ritual that permeates our day-to-day when we have a spiritual practice. I think there's really something special about lighting a candle and praying um, to just open up the crown and open up to receive messages and just talking out loud to your guides, to your ancestors and keeping that open dialogue going because it strengthens over time. And that is where the magic really starts to come in. That's where the gap starts to close between this 3D reality and the 5D like astral reality, where we can start to marry these two experiences of the spiritual world and the physical world here. That's when you start to see like, crazy synchronicities happen or just unexplainable coincidences come into play. Um, That's when you start to see like heavy synchronicities, like in, in numbers repeating or in images or in totem symbols repeating Um, and things just unfold and happen in a really interesting and mysterious way that makes you feel deeply supported. But if you can't, if you're not opening up your eye, your third eye and your crown, more often to receive that and strengthening your intuitive receptors, you're going to miss it. And you might have to, you know, do it again in another lifetime to keep opening and opening and opening so that, you know, eventually you're in a, you're in a lighter frequency. Yeah. Um, and as I've been reading this book journey of souls too, I, I think I've been thinking a lot about soulmates and whether I believe in that. And, um, you know, I, I think people talk about having many soulmates in, in a lifetime and I, I do. And I, I don't know, I totally believe in soulmates. You guys, I totally believe that. Well, you know what, for me, I do, but I think maybe for everybody's different, right? So maybe there's like, maybe if you're a newer soul, maybe you do have a bunch of soulmates in this lifetime that travel with you into the next lifetimes. Um, anything's possible, right? I think in this time I have a soulmate and I think I'm going to meet him and I think I'm going to know. I've always had this feeling that I would know him by his eyes and every ex-boyfriend that I've had, I've always had this weird saying in the back of my head. That's like, it's not him. You, you could, you would know by his eyes. And so I don't know what it is, you guys. I think that I'm going to find my soulmate in this lifetime and in journey of souls, uh, as he takes people through their subconscious and, and transitions them into the spirit world in these sessions, they will experience meeting their soulmate and they'll see their faces from their other lifetime. And it's absolutely beautiful. I was just like in tears reading these recaps last night of people meeting their soulmates again. And, um, I just felt such a deep resonance with that. And, and, I'm just excited to meet my person, you know, anyways. So yeah, I think I'll tell you a little bit more about past life experiences that I have guided people through and that I've been through on my own as well. Um, And what I'll say about it is that you enter a point where you're actually not going so much into the subconscious mind where the, the belief systems sit and like your, your kind of deeper personality sits. Um, I've loved referring to it as your super conscious state. So you transcend the subconscious and you enter super conscious where you're not so tied to your identity and your body anymore. And you're able to receive all other parts of the unified field 
And that's where I think you really can access the Akashic Records. The Akashic Records really just refer to all wisdom, all knowledge, all, all of it, you know, and that you can, that you can pick and choose your records from. And I think that's where we're accessing past life experiences from, but in the past life regressions, what I'll do is I will take my clients through, and it's not scary. I'll take them through the point of passing from each of their lives and we'll review how they passed and what they learned from that lifetime and what the most important takeaway from that lifetime was and how it's being applied into their life today. And that's extremely healing because again, it relieves the sense of like ending and like that we just turn into nothing and makes it more of a holistic experience of riding the wave of this lifetime. And it makes us more compassionate and inquisitive about, okay, well, what am I learning right now in this lifetime that I'm, that I can just enhance and expand upon. So in my next round, I'm at an even more elevated spot and an elevated place. So yeah. And, and it's just cool to see what comes through when people really surrender to the super conscious state. Um, I had one wonderful client in recently who had just lost a brother who had passed. Um, so she was really managing grief and figuring out how to move through and navigate that grief and that hole and that void that's left when we feel a sense of abandonment and just a sense of great, great devastation and loss. And in her regression, you know, she had said to me in the beginning, I just, I don't really think anything happens when we pass. And I was like, well, let's just stay open to what comes in. And as we guided her, as I guided her through one of her passings, um, she was a witch actually, like around the the Salem witch trials, she was a, a green witch, she called it. And she was working mostly with herbs and herbalism and was able to create these beautiful tinctures. And she actually was working with like a cauldron. It was such a cool life to see pass through her. And and I could see it in her face. It's so interesting. Like when people describe their past lives as they're in hypnosis, like you can see their, you can see it through them. It just makes complete sense. Like you can see that past life almost living and breathing in them. It's, it's the coolest thing. But in that lifetime, when she passed and when she died, she saw this um, hand come down that looked like her grandfather's like old hand. It wasn't scary. It was just this hand that came down from the sky, you know, from the heavens basically, and uh, retrieved her soul and lifted up this soul. And she described her soul as looking like a star, like a really, really bright star. And that hand was guiding the star back up into the heavens basically. And she was describing seeing other souls leaving their bodies that looked just like stars it was just so, so beautiful. Like, oh, it made me emotional guiding her through that and to even think about it now. But she came out of that session being like, oh my God, we don't die. Like we just, the energy is transformed and we travel in a different way. We just travel in a different way. So it was just so fascinating. And it's a never ending exploration to, to dive into this with people. Um, I'm just looking at my notes to see what else I wanted to chat with you about. Yeah, I think to close this out, like meditate, you guys, like what whatever practice is going to work for you, but um, truly getting to a place of stillness. I was having so much anxiety the other day just because I'd been going so fast. I was probably over caffeinated. Um, technology, I hadn't had a second during that day where I wasn't like on my phone in front of the computer watching a movie or something. And it was making me feel sick, like actually sick, especially because I'd just come out of the forest camping and I hadn't been on my phone very much. And then I was like, I just dropped myself right into the metaverse basically. 
and I felt ill and sick to my stomach. And I knew immediately, like, I just need stillness to receive. I need stillness to open up my receptors to allow what's going to come in to come in. Um, and I really do believe that's what creativity and art is and inspiration is and how we can make decisions better is just by surrendering to the stillness because all of the answers, they really are within us. And I know we hear that cliche saying of like the answers are within just get quiet, but literally it's just the discipline of doing it and sitting down and allowing yourself to get still and go inward so that you can receive those answers because yes, the answers are within us, but the misconception is that we think that they're right at the surface and that, Oh, if I don't know, I don't know. You don't know because you're not being still and quieting the mind and quieting the heart to just take a second to sit and see what comes in. Um, to allow the chatter to subside and see what's underneath that chatter. And again, the goal of meditation is not to turn off the thinking mind. I think your your thoughts actually will reveal so much about your experience to yourself and give you new ideas. But beneath that, the peace can come up and the safety can come up um, that we don't feel if we're rushing, rushing, rushing. So whatever you can do to create a sense of stillness in your life and in your day, um, I promise you it will alleviate those, that sense of comparison, um, any kind of feeling like you're not good enough. It will make you, it will, it will make you love yourself more. That's just it. It'll, it'll guide you back to your heart center so that all of that symptomatic chit chat and everything subsides and it just fades away. This is why meditation will change your life. It will bring you home to yourself and it will connect you with an intelligence and a super conscious that is even beyond what you perhaps can comprehend in this, in this time. Um, and it will make you feel safe with yourself. It will make you trust yourself when you're able to go inward and actually sit with yourself for an extended period of time, you really become your own best friend because what I see with my clients and it used to be me all the time is this self-abandonment that happens. We get triggered by something or we feel an emotion that's difficult and we judge ourselves for it. We, we go and we, we kind of slap ourselves and we're like, oh, I can't stand that you respond in this way. And I wish I wasn't like this. And I don't like myself because I do this and I I'm weird and I'm, I'm a bad person because I feel this way or I think this way when the opposite is, is really accessible to us. If we can just quiet the mind there and just turn that compassion inward and say, even though I'm comparing myself here, even though I'm not, you know, where that other person is today or, you know, anything that we judge ourselves for, even though I feel this way, I'm still going to love myself and accept this part of myself and bring that back center instead of ostracizing that part of self and pushing it out and saying, I'm not going to love you if you act like that, you know? That's exactly what we don't want to do. We want to invite that part of self in to be held to say, are you okay? I've got you. So, I mean, for example, the other day I was feeling really, really anxious and I actually like cried because I was so anxious that it just burst out of me. And I never cry out of anxiety or fear or anything. I'm usually crying happy tears all the time. It's very rare that I will cry because I'm upset. I wasn't even upset. I was just so anxious for, for God knows why. And in the past, I might have gotten upset with myself. I might have said, Helen, you're supposed to be a confidence mentor. You're supposed to be like this like meditation teacher. What are you doing feeling anxious about nothing? Like, you know, and and push that part of but instead, now that I've done this work, I was able to sit down and actually hug myself 
and ask myself, what do you need? Like, and really speak to myself like a child and be like, are you okay, honey? Like, are you okay? Do you need some tea? Do you need a nap? And I just started to cry like relief tears. And I realized I just needed a nap. Like I hadn't had really good sleep. My cycles were off. I'm about to get my period. Like I was just feeling, um, I was feeling a great sense of responsibility for something that was happening in my life. And I just wanted to make sure I was making the right decision around something and wanting to make sure I was being a good person and my character was remaining strong. And what I really found by being compassionate, instead of pushing the anxiety away, welcoming it in, surrendering, accepting it, and then alchemizing it was that I could love myself through that. And then I immediately was able to heal that anxiety. Um, and it revealed it, re- it revealed some really interesting stuff that I need to work through, you know, on my own personal journey about where I'm still facing resistance um, around love and success and all of these things and feeling safe with that. But the first step there was to say, even though I feel anxious, I'm still going to love myself, I'm not going to push that away. So that's my invitation for you as we close out, you know, this episode together is notice what comes up today. You know, if you feel triggered by something or you're you're abandoning yourself in any way, try to welcome that part of yourself. in. that's where that inner child healing comes in to say, Hey, honey, I'm right here. I love you. I've got you. What do you need? Do you need to journal? Do you need to just be still? Um, And you can access that compassion most readily in that stillness. So with that being said, that's our, that's our episode on um, spiritual evolution and self-love. You guys, I have no idea what just came out of my mouth. I hope that was an exciting (laughs) listen for you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, By the way, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review. It can be just be so honest. Tell me whatever you're experiencing um, from these podcast episodes. It really helps me to understand what you like, what you don't like. you know, who's listening. I just love you so much. I'm so grateful for you. And I'll talk to you again on the next one. Okay. Bye for now. And before you go, there are free resources and more information about working one-on-one together linked in the description below. So check that out. And thanks for tuning in.